Thank you, Mr. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. So, to follow on Mr. Martin and Mr. Delmini, did anything happen to either one of you for this, I would say, egregious act against 56,000 veterans? You were ultimately to be held responsible. I heard you say that, sir. Right. Uh, I would certainly, if somebody came to me and said, we want to take action that, you know, obviously I have an I'm just trying to get clarification for myself and for Mr. Self that nobody above you came down into your, to your level and said, because of these errors that were made on 56,000 veterans who served our country. And by the way, that's 2011. That's right as the Iraqi war was drawing down. I'm just curious. Nobody has approached either one of you saying that this was a problem. Oh, they've definitely approached us and said this is a problem. I, but no actions taken, were taken have whatsoever. They taken employment action against me. No, or so that's one of the problems with the VA system, and I, I I greatly appreciate what the VA does as a whole. But when you get down to the granular level, I think we have a problem with addressing the major issues and leadership and not being held accountable for things that they do or do not do, and uphold their fiduciary responsibilities to veterans like myself, like this gentleman here, and like that gentleman over there. If if I may respectfully, the the environment and the culture that I have seen among the senior leadership in under Secretary um, McDonough has been one of pushing for excellence in terms of execution, but supportive. I wouldn't, I, I agree. I think Mr. McDonough does a fantastic job, but that's not the question I'm asking. The question I'm asking is, I'm, my concern is that nobody's holding you responsible for this. I, you said you were in charge of it, but I'll move on. If I may just one. I think this is true for, for Mr. Worthington as well. We are our own worst critics in cases like this. We hold ourselves to an incredible- When I go home and talk to the veterans in my community who may or may not have been affected by this, and I look them in the face and say, and they ask me who's being held responsible, what am I supposed to say, the VA? I think you're supposed to say the VA and the people in my team. Okay, so what happened to you? Nothing. I, Zero, you're sitting here in front of me telling me that. That's the problem that we're trying to get past. That's the problem that we have to go back to our base and say, we're doing everything that we can to streamline this process. Mr. Telez, 120 days. Are you a veteran, sir? Forgive me. Okay, so if I go back to my, my base and I say 120 days, they'll lose their minds. And that's just something that we have to do right now because I'm asking you the questions and the question, the answer that you give me to my question is 120 days. Now, if I go, if I go tell a veteran, Veterans continue to be casualties after honorable service. Welcome to Whistleblower Wednesday. I'm Rob Manis, live with you on the Red Voice Media Network, where we bring you the facts and the truth, and you're probably not going to like it, but you got to face up to it. Folks, veterans have sacrificed for our country more than any other group of people. In fact, the United States would never have existed without the veterans who volunteered to fight for her freedom against the British Empire. You know that. Unfortunately, even though we have spent billions on the Department of Veterans Affairs and passed hundreds of laws, if not thousands, attempting to enact reforms that make a veteran's transition from active duty and filing a disability claim easier, Today's veterans continue to be casualties of broken systems after their service due to ineffective leadership and oversight. The latest evidence comes to us out of the flawed and inappropriate DOD COVID vaccine mandate process and the system's failures around it for those who stood up and refused the vaccine for valid reasons. If not directly, then indirectly. My guest today has recently revealed a major issue through the Epoch Times, 
that shouldn't exist and needs to be fixed immediately. Retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Jackie Frederick joins me today. Welcome, Jackie. It's good to have you on the Rob Manus Show. How exciting. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, Jay Phelps, uh, the author of the article that I read about you at the Epoch Times uh, uh, and for connecting us because uh, I, I try not to miss an opportunity to expose uh, what happens at the VA. I'm in the system myself. Uh, and, uh, and your story actually surprised me uh, quite a bit. And there's not a lot of things that I get surprised by now, especially with the Veterans Affairs Department. Uh, but the issue around the, the first month's paycheck uh, not being given ever to any of us uh, uh, caught me off guard. And I, like I said, I'm in the system. I get a paycheck from the VA. I, I, I have a disability. So, so that really surprised me. But first, let's, let's uh, just uh, tell folks about your background in the Air Force, uh, uh, you, know, you know, what tribe you come from in the Air Force and uh, your experience there, uh, and, and then how, how you came to make a decision to ultimately retire, uh, it seemed to be, over the COVID vaccine mandate. Uh, yes, sir. Um, so it started out in 2002 for me. So it was exactly 20 years when I retired. Um, but I was an air battle manager by trade. So a flyer on the E3 Airborne um, basically going around the world with it and then also doing some ground control in Korea. Um, my husband and I were air battle managers together. We had met at officer training school and actually got married um, in 2007. So five years afterwards. Um, and so he actually was medically retired in 2009. And because of that, um, I, I chose to stay in even after our first child was born. Um, and I stayed in um, and continued down the track of being in Alaska, flying, then Korea. Um, and then we wound up at Langley. Uh, we were at Langley for from 2014, basically, on to now, and that's where we're at currently still. Um, but it was during that time that I, let's see, I got to see... Uh, I got to learn a whole lot outside of the ABM career field. I became a speechwriter um, for the four star, two four-star generals. So I, I had that great experience of seeing things at the upper level, but also pushing to get answers. So I learned a lot uh, while I was on staff at Air Combat Command. Um, during that time, however, though, uh, my husband broke his neck and required us to have uh, continuity of care because he was 100% permanent and total disabled vet um, that he was medically and so we asked the Air Force if we could stay uh, in the Langley area because all of his doctors and referral processes, as you know, it takes forever for all that stuff to get into place. Uh, all of it was settled and good, and the Air Force said, nope, you can still go on to Tinker. Well, I needed to take care of my husband, and all of his surgeons were in uh, the Langley area. So that's when I joined the Guard. So the last four years, I was actually in the Air National Guard. Um, they were great. It was it was an awesome experience. Um, and I was really just active duty in the Guard, if you look at the way the, the orders are written. But in the end, um, the Guard was pushing me for 06. And I was um, I was given the, the nod from the Maryland Adjutant General. So that's, that's a good sign. That usually means all you're doing is waiting for the job to open up. And um, the COVID vaccine hit, uh, the mandate hit four days after I gave birth to my fourth child. And I am a nurse mother. And so I was literally <laughs> just gotten out of the hospital 
and they're saying that I have to um, vaccinate, uh, even though I don't take Tylenol or eat broccoli while I'm nursing. I mean, I don't, I don't do any of that because you know you got to watch out for the health of your child. Never mind their stomachs and everything. So you just got to be very careful. And and because I worked as a speechwriter, I knew how to put together binders of information, right? So I went yeah. to um, I went to the flight doc thinking it was going to be a no-brainer to give me a medical exemption for nursing. And they basically laughed at me um, and said, it's safe and effective. CDC says it's safe and effective. And I'm like, Pfizer says it's not. <laughs> so <laughs> Pfizer said they have no idea what it does to nursing babies or mothers. They have no idea. And so yeah. I tried twice. I even gave them a binder of data. And I even taught them all about virology and and immunology and all of that. And then it came down to um, the religious accommodation was what I had to, to put together. And we're very much um, involved in our church. That wasn't a problem at all. So it was, um, in fact, when we went to the interview with the chaplain, I took a baby on my hip and, you know, my husband with me. So it was in my Bible on my other side. So it was clear that we were sincere, right? Um, yeah. Cause this was while on maternity leave, but um, I'll tell you, I, I, was scared that I wasn't even going to be able to put in for retirement because the mandate came down in August and I wasn't eligible for retirement until December. Right. And so I ultimately was able to retire December 1st. Um, and I never had a denied religious accommodation or approved or anything. They just, I think they just sat on it because the air national guard headquarters knew who I was. And so I think, um, and all that speculation, of course. Um, and, uh, I, I think they just chose to sit on and wait cause I had an official line for retirement. So in the end, it's a very stressful year. We got through to retirement um, and there was a problem with my last paycheck and all these things. And I had chosen at that time, we had prayed about it and I had chosen at that time to become a stay-at-home mom. So I am officially now a stay-at-home mom, homeschooler of four children. So watching the paychecks was a big deal, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Was there a problem with your military retirement paycheck? There was. So they they will wait to hold your last paycheck um, until they determine if you've got any outstanding debt. Right. So um, so the end of the month, November 30th, I did not get that until March. And so, so that's, your we last, were that's your last active duty paycheck, though, right? Yes. And so I actually did not get a full paycheck, like everything that I was owed until um, March. And wow. we, I retired to. So I don't know how airmen do it without any kind of savings. I mean, had we not had any savings, we would have been sunk. I don't care officer or not, the, the transition process, and so many people will be upset that, oh, you're an officer, you had plenty of money. No, you don't. In the transition <laughs> process, you don't because they withhold everything from you. Um, and then to find out that the VA basically said after many phone calls, texts, emails, oh, your pay is good. It's up to date. Um, mm -hmm. that's when I discovered that there's a 38 us code title 38 us code 5111 that basically, mm -hmm. um, basically says that they're not going to pay you in the month that you start your disability effective date, which right. makes no sense to me at all. Since you're yeah, disabled. I want to dive down in the, in the detail on that during the show. Uh, but I also want to, uh, I want to give you a chance, uh, during the next segment to talk about this, uh, Benefits delivery at discharge process uh, and program because uh, that really wasn't fielded. I retired in late 2011, so it really wasn't fielded very well. I didn't even know about it actually when I left the Air Force. 
but it was there, but it wasn't fielded very well. Uh, and I'm curious uh, as to how uh, and what that process was. And I think people need to know that because I think that has a, has a bearing on a lot of bearing on what is going on with uh, your experience, really. You know, because you know, I, I spotted, I wrote it down, catch 22. I don't write catch 22 down as a note very often uh, these days because we found a lot of them, you know, Jackie, uh, and, and we've done away with a lot of them. Uh, so, uh, so for that to still, something like that to still exist is really, uh, it, it really concerns me a lot. Well, we've got to take a commercial break because this is a live show on a network uh, now, uh, and uh, we will be right back with retired Lieutenant Colonel Jackie Frederick, uh, and uh, she's a whistleblower uh, for uh, another Veterans Affairs uh, Department problem. Unfortunately, uh, we keep finding them. We'll be right back. We interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets dial 833 the number two usa gold yes call now 833-287-2465 this invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your ira or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences don't let biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar call 833 the number two usa gold yes call now 833-287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. What's up, folks? Bye now. This is not working. The U.S. dollar is losing value. Your hard-earned savings are at risk. Uh, you can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard their wealth from uh, your wealth from the failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com because that's what you have to do and we all have to do it uh, to uh, prevent them from messing with our long-term assets. Well, welcome back to the Rob Mana Show. Uh, we are talking with a whistleblower that's a, a disabled veteran, Lieutenant Colonel Jackie Frederick. Uh, uh, Jackie, I, I try to pick video clips for each segment, uh, as you saw in the opening, the cold opening there, uh, that, uh, that kind of frame the discussion sometimes, but but also give, uh, in this particular show, I wanna let people see and open a window into what 
other veterans are seeing too, in addition to what your experience is. So we're gonna go ahead and, and play uh, a second clip. This one's a little long, but it's important to see uh, what folks are going through like you uh, that have to put up with this baloney, because that's what it really is. America's veterans should not have to put up with this, and we put up with it every day. Go ahead with clip two, Disco. Well, tonight, a disabled veteran in Campbell County is distraught after losing a big chunk of his benefits. Yeah, his monthly paycheck is going to be cut by nearly $1,900 because of just pennies he earned two years ago. Well, the vet called WHE 600 side consumer reporter Don Dare to show him his W-2 form mm -hmm. from 2017, Don. That's right. The amount of tax, the amount of money on the wage and tax form, it isn't enough to buy a small pack of gum, and you know wow. how much the money that is. Uh Disability benefits for veterans depend on the severity of their service-connected injuries. Some disabled vets are classified as what is called TDIU. That stands for Total Disability Individual Unemployability. Their veterans deemed by the VA to be unable to work through gainful employment. As a result, they're eligible for monthly compensation, dependents' educational benefits, and health insurance for their family. From Mike Sanders, a vet classified as TDIU, his benefits were cut at the beginning of this month. Give me this, give me that. Melissa and Mike Sanders enjoy their basset hound, Duker. Mike is a disabled veteran from the Gulf War era. He badly injured his back during his service. Today, he is unable to work. From 1987 through 1994, Mike was in the Army. He served as a research lab assistant with the Chemical Corps and later as a field medic. His military resume is complete with numerous commendations and he rose to the rank of sergeant. However, he left the Army with service-connected injuries and a disability that left him unemployable at the end of 2014. Because I'm unable to work and support my family, the VA pays me at a 100% rate and gives my family the health care benefits. In September of last year, Mike received this letter from the VA. They said they had uh, information from the Social Security Administration that I had earned income for uh, the year 2017. Mike and his wife thought it strange. Earned income two years ago? His disability benefits records show he received $30,360 in 2017. Melissa is a private duty nurse. The couple has a teenage son. Mike hasn't been able to work the last four years. In that September letter, Mike's income was targeted. At the bottom here, they say to fill out the VA form 21-4140, uh, which is attached to the back here, which I did. If you see here in box 10, it asks if you were employed uh, at any time by anyone, and you check no in the box, sign it, and mail it in. Anytime we get anything from the VA, we get nervous. They had a reason to be nervous when the VA rating decision arrived a few weeks ago. Uh, this letter says that the VA is discontinuing my uh, disability effective January 1, 2019. Educational assistance for their son has been cut off, and there's more. We've also lost health care for my wife and my son, um, and we've, we're losing about uh, $1,900 a month in income. What caused the cuts? Mike's wages years ago. I checked with the Social Security office and I made 18 cents of income for 2017. How much? 18 cents. Here is the printout that Mr. Sanders received from Social Security. It says, summary FICA earnings for 2017, 18 cents. It's not very much money. Um, I don't think you can even buy a stick of gum with it anymore. 
um, but apparently to the VA that's, a, that's above the poverty threshold. I was in shock. That is the typical type of shenanigans, I'll just call it for what I think it is, shenanigans from the Veterans Affairs Department. Jackie, uh, it sounds like you, you have experienced some of that. So this, so this uh, uh, and that was years ago, by the way, uh, these, other than the first clip that I played of uh, Congressman Luttrell, which is relatively new, uh, and I didn't show the issue on that intentionally because that's typical. VA leadership is not held accountable, and I wanted people to see that. But uh, but all the rest of these clips in this show are all very old because somebody pays a lot of money to suppress negative video information out on the American Department of Veterans Affairs so, because I, I can't find it very easily. Uh, but anyway, so, so Jackie, you came up uh, and uh, you used a program called this uh, Benefits uh, Delivery at Discharge, I believe it's called, BDD. Uh, how, how does, can you describe how that's supposed to work? Um, well, it's a feather in somebody's cap, I'll tell you that, um, because it doesn't do what it says. <laughs> so the very definition of benefits delivery of discharge should be exactly that. And uh, I can tell you that um, what it is, is it's supposed to be 180 days out, you get your medical records, and you basically grease the skids by getting all of your um, veterans evaluation services appointments done before you retire. So that way the VA has all your paperwork and everything to determine your uh, VA rating as quickly as possible. However, comma, they cannot officially start that process until you send them your DD-214. So while, so it's a double speak. It, it's one of those things where we're catch 22, like you were saying, we're gonna give you benefits delivery discharge. You do all your work, but guess what? We can't do start our work until we get your last document, which is not official until the day after you retire, which exactly. then it took them a month and a half to follow up. Now I will tell you very close friends of mine, other 06s and other 05s that have just retired, they, can, they couldn't even do the BDD because they couldn't get their medical records because their medical records from the base were taking three to four months. So the BDD process says if you're inside 90 days from retirement, they, will, they won't let you do it. You have to do it afterwards. You have to wait until after you retire. Oh, so, so there's a window. There's a window from what, six months to 90 days out yeah. from retirement? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So that window yeah. is there to get your separation physical complete and all of those veterans evaluation services done. Um, so, but so if it's I may. And if you don't get your benefits uh, until the, uh, a, uh, the claims decision is made and mm -hmm. then, uh, and then, uh, the, the issue with the paycheck, the disability paycheck that you uncovered, uh, I mean, you're not, you're not it's, it should be uh, benefits as soon after discharge as possible, is what that program Absolutely. was called, right? And what they did was, and what they did, January 10th was when I received my rating of 90%, so I'm 90% right now. So, okay. um, so with that, my disability effective date was December 1st. So they gave me, so they recognized that I had a disability starting December 1st. But right. my pay effective date was one January, and the VA pays in arrears. Mm -hmm. So they didn't pay for that first month, and that is in accordance with that 38 U.S. Code or Title 38 U.S. Right. Code. So, a uh, question for you, uh, and this may maybe stepping back a little bit to the to the previous segment, but when you 
first started the medical uh, investigation and decision-making process to ask for exemptions for the COVID-19 vaccine, how were you treated by the process, uh, you know, both in the medical field and the command chain? How, how did that go for you when that happened? And did that flow into this BDD process to, uh, I already probably know the answer to the question, but I wanna, I wanna hear it from you uh, yourself because uh, not everybody gets treated the same. Well, I will say first off that being in the Air National Guard was absolutely my saving grace because my leadership completely understood what I was doing. And they were on board with the fact that I shouldn't have to take something as a nursing mother. Um, so I honestly, I did not have the pressure like a lot of people did. I really didn't. Um, they were upset for me because they knew I wasn't going to be up for a sick. They wanted me to stick around. They didn't want right. me to leave. Um, but as far as the medical process, I had to go see flight med. And um, I basically was told that, because I asked him, I said, where's the common sense in this decision? And he said it was with the commander in chief, uh, because the commander in chief is who made the, the, the call, the mandate essentially, and the CDC. So I was like, okay, so we're done here. So I, it was a situation where I was fighting, 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 and I kept getting circular reasoning back and forth. CDC says, CDC says, CDC says, and I'm like, but it's not. Here's data that shows that a nursing child actually died after its mother got the vaccine. I'm telling you, I, and to back up a, a little bit, I was in Korea um, in 2013, when my second child was born, and I had a flight doc then that was totally on board with me not receiving the anthrax vaccine when I petitioned um, for an exemption from him. It was no problem. He said, sure, I'll go ahead and exempt you from it. It doesn't make any sense. There's not a lot of nursing mothers out there that we've done any tests on or even know what the side effects were of that. So I had no problem. Um, so that's what I expected with this. And and I wound up going through two flight docs and both of them basically, they wouldn't budge, would not budge. And um, when they did the religious accommodation, they made me go to counseling for um, items that contained aborted beetle cells. And she gave me this list. And I've been studying vaccines for a very long time because my husband is vaccine injured. Um, right. I don't know if you knew that, but, but he is vaccine injured from the military. And and so I've I've really done a lot of research and because of that, I was able to tell her, um, your list, you're missing a few things. There, there's a few <laughs> other vaccines in here that do not, that aren't listed that still use uh, fetal cells. And she looked at me like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, see, that's surprising. But you had to go see the chaplain's office, right? The chaplain? And the chaplain was great. The chaplain, he completely was like, yep, I'm, I'm on board with it. We get it. You're sincere, all of the things. Um, and then, uh, and then it was, like I said, it was submitted all the way up to the guard bureau. And I really do think they sat on it because I was able to get a line number for retirement. Yeah. That's so. what I was going to ask you. So you never heard back, uh, mm -hmm. uh, with an official answer from the guard bureau or the air force or anybody. Uh, and, uh, cause we were, I'm part of a group that's, uh, been, uh, looking at all the lawsuits that have taken place. And one of the pieces of discovery that we saw was that uh, uh, they weren't only just sitting on it, but they were also uh, last minute, just before the uh, individuals they knew were leaving, either through discharge or retirement, uh, they would approve it right at the last second. Uh, you know, uh, that were the only ones that were approved. Nobody that was staying in the military uh, that we could find was getting any of these things approved. So, yeah, so as you, as you flowed into, you got six months left, 
because when you go into the BDD process, right, 180 days. Uh, so as you flow into that, uh, uh, how how were you treated there? Were they aware that you had submitted for these exemptions and those kind of things? Was there any impact yeah. on that? So there was a little bit of, um, I had to fight every way, every time I had an appointment and they would literally look at me with disdain in my flight doc appointments. Um, mm -hmm. it wasn't until I had a contractor that she listened and she was okay with everything, but it was the, it was the other flight doc that wore the uniform that were giving me trouble. But, but in the end, um, I will tell you there was a fear that if you wanted to separate in order for your separation physical to be passed, and sent to the VA that you had to be greened up on your immunization. And so there was a fear there for a while that we were still gonna get jabbed no matter what. Um, and uh, luckily I was, I, I'm, a, I'm, your, I'm your dot your I's, cross your T's checklist kind of girl. So I had all of this stuff figured out to where I could get a VA separation physical if I had to, um, if they were gonna demand immunizations before I left. And so the fear there was, was pretty strong on the end, but in the end I didn't have to, to do anything, it was just an issue with the flight docs um, not really listening to me and then always pushing the vaccine on me whenever I would okay. go to a doctor. Okay, uh, well, we've got to take another commercial break, Jackie, uh, but when we come back, I want to dive into the law on the paycheck delay itself because like I said, I was very surprised by this. I, I, I guess I just never paid attention enough. Uh, to figure it out like you did. And I'm glad you did because this is a big deal, a much bigger deal than than it look, appears to be on the surface. So we'll be right back to the Rob Maynard Show live. Moms and dads of America, you love your kids. You love God. You love this country. And you're tired of watching companies betray your values and ruin great products. Don't get angry. Invest your time, energy, and money into the people that are building the country you want for your kids and standing for the values that will lead to their blessing and protection. Invest in companies like Brave Books. They are on a mission to create content for kids that is safe for them to enjoy. They have kids' books that teach about character, hard work and the value of being brave if you join their book of the month club you get a new book sent to your door every month that will teach your kids pro-god pro-american values brave books will not betray your trust your children and your grandchildren will thank you remember the land of the free depends on the homes of the brave This one's on me, bud.
a look at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in Arlington, Virginia on this Veterans Day. We are thinking, of course, of everyone who has served this country and everyone who ultimately gave their lives for this country. And their families who exactly make a commitment as well. Yeah. I, I think it's such a good time to remember this is so much more than a day that things are on sale or the bank is closed and you don't yeah. get your mail. This is very important to acknowledge the people that have sacrificed for this country. There, there is no America There's without our soldiers. That's, That's exactly right. right. So we say thank you on this day. Yes, we do. All right. Welcome back to CBS This Morning. On this Veterans Day, a CBS News investigation reveals concerns about how some former service members are being treated for what's called the signature wound from the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Since 2000, more than 400,000 U.S. service members have been diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury. But a whistleblower who spoke exclusively with CBS News says one VA hospital was dramatically underdiagnosing TBI, leading decorated veterans to be denied treatment with tragic results. Chief Investigative Correspondent Jim Axelrod is following the story. Jim, good morning. Good morning. The VA Medical Center we are focused on this morning is in New Orleans, and that's where a whistleblower worked who's speaking out for the first time, telling CBS News that from 2009 to 2019, doctors at the Southeast Louisiana Veterans Healthcare System failed to properly assess hundreds of combat veterans for traumatic brain injuries. On the front porch of this home in Franklinton, Louisiana, Daniel Murphy decided he could take the pain no longer. And so, on August 21st, 2017, this 32-year-old retired Army sergeant who did five decorated combat tours in Afghanistan and Iraq hanged himself. Do you blame the VA for what happened to your brother? Absolutely. Jim Murphy was Daniel's older brother. I've been fighting this for a long time. Welcome back to the Rob Mina Show. Uh, we're talking with uh, whistleblower uh, retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Jackie Frederick, uh, who has blown the whistle on this pay issue for disability pay, where the VA is basically holding everybody's first month paycheck. And uh, uh, before the break, you were about to talk about the law itself, Jackie. Uh, what is the law that's supposed to cover this? When I read the article, it seemed, I mean, you walk, you walk the, the reporter, the journalist through it, very in in great detail but even after reading that a few times i really didn't quite figure out why they're doing it based on the, what the law says because I, right because that's the way it's always been is what the va said to me <laughs> <laughs> i've got a question about that uh too <laughs> but um so not to go into a lot of lawyer gobbledygook but um basically it says um the payment of monetary benefit based on an award um, may not be made to an individual for any period before the first day of the calendar month following the month in which the award was increased or uh, given, basically became effective. So literally, the VA has told us several times that it can't be prorated, meaning my DD-214 was submitted on December 1st. Technically, mm -hmm. they didn't receive what they needed to until December 2nd, which means that they had, what, 30 day, 29 days in December um, mm -hmm. that they would have pay for and they say they don't prorate, which absolutely they do because you have guard and reserve brethren that come on active duty for orders while they're disabled, they shut off their pay for a few days and then they bring it back on. So that's completely a lie. So um, so with that, I'm like, okay, well, what about February? What do you do for 28 days? <laughs> you know, it just, 
none of it never none of it made sense it was just that's the way it's always been and then we pressed my husband actually pressed to the issue and, and asked repeatedly what's the code what's the what's the cfr or the code where that says this bump kiss we never got any we never got any uh response from the va at all it wasn't until uh, mr phelps dove in and was able to contact a va representative to get that information i even contacted the virginia uh, Congressman Whitman's office and the VA still gave um, their um, paralegal or whatever uh, the the office front office manager gave her the same lip service. So uh, it's just the way it's always been. Okay, uh, how did that make you feel when they told you that over and over? It's just the way it's always been. It's 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 the implied part of that, folks. For those of us that have been in the military, is uh, just suck it up, Buttercup. Basically, I mean that's the that's the colloquialism Absolutely. that I learned along the way. Absolutely, shut up in color is what we say too. But the, yeah. uh, um, for me, it was it made me feel like, well, am I am I wrong on this? Like, where, where you know, is there really an, what's going on here? And then I asked several of our church members, did that happen to you? They were like, yeah, actually, we noticed it too, but we didn't want to fight it, we didn't want to bother. Um, and and that's just it. It's one of those situations that when you find it, you would think people would fight, but because the VA is so. Um, so much of a mess. People just get so tired of fighting that yeah. they just don't. They just, and that's where a lot of people, I don't know if you remember a few years back, there was a Lieutenant Colonel that shot himself outside the VA on his record. Like he brought his stack of records and literally killed himself out inside of the front of the VA. Um, I mean, we faced it with my own husband's medical care. He threw his hands up and I had to get a power of attorney so I could take over his care because it was just, so I think for the VA, people are just so tired of fighting it that they just let the one month go, um, yeah. or they just don't notice it and they just take what the VA tells them. So yeah, that's why I showed that particular clip uh, today about the young man that committed suicide on his front porch because uh, that medical center was my first medical center, and the doctor involved in that uh, uh, actually made a statement that he didn't believe in TBI. He thought the troops were lying to him. Uh, so where uh, most patients that, that get caught up in the screening, because the VA does a good job of screening people for TBI and PTSD at the initial intake uh, sessions and everything, uh, all the other VA centers, 60 to 70% of those folks go on to follow on treatment and, uh, and disability claims and those kind of things. This guy was at like 11 to 18 uh, percent. So there really was a problem, uh, and it's a deadly problem. But, and that's the second reason why I wanted to show it because people do commit suicide. There was a, a few years ago the, the the lieutenant colonel you mentioned was one of three or four Marines. Uh, one of them was a full colonel uh, that did exactly the same thing, uh, and. Uh, uh, and it's it's really a deadly situation because you're we're dealing with those of us uh, that have seen the most traumatic things in, and oftentimes for decades, you know, intermittently. Uh, uh, but it doesn't matter. I mean, one event that's enough, uh, especially when combined with a traumatic brain injury together, uh, is enough to you know drive people off the rails very easily. Uh, so having to deal with a system like this is uh, it's it's just it's just uh, it's despicable that we have to if deal may, with. If I may, just one quick story. Yeah. My husband was 100% depression and a few other things. 
and he went into the VA. This was about in 2018, actually. So he went into the VA and he was having a good day. And the VA doctor basically said he's better and docked his percentage from 100 to 90%, which is like a huge deduction. Right. All of all because he had a good day, which I wrote a scathing letter to the VA. And it turned out that if you really truly want veterans to get better, the last thing you do is you take the, you don't take away their money that is for their livelihood. You you don't want the veterans to get better. That's what you're signaling. You don't want them to get better because if they do, then you take money away. And that exactly. happened to us. And in the end, he became permanent in total. So it was it was actually a good thing that happened to us in the end. But at the same time, it was it was a fight. And I will tell you, most people that leave the military are tired of fighting the bureaucracy. That's why they leave or retire. And so I think that's where a lot of this one month of mistake just been let go. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Uh, you know, that's not infrequent. Actually, it's part of the system uh, that I learned early on is uh, uh, they started scheduling me out of the blue for appointments for certain disabilities that I had on the, on my list. Uh, and uh, and when I called a friend of mine that was an that's an expert in this, I said, "What is this? They didn't even they didn't." Call me, email me, or anything. It just shows up as an appointment in my in my mailbox. And he goes, "Oh, that's where they're going to reevaluate you and see if they can drop your pay." Uh, mm -hmm. But the intent of those evaluations are. I'm like, "Oh, okay." I didn't realize that when you were a disabled veteran, you could get your disability pay decreased, uh, uh, which doesn't really happen on the outside uh, for uh, in civilian disability programs. Uh, for permanent, they don't want to take it better. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that, that that is an interesting thing uh, it, that we really should get addressed, especially for PTSD, TBI, those kind of things, because you can show symptomatically that you're having a good day, uh, but you still have the same level of issue. Uh, yep, absolutely. And there's a lot, a lot of work we've got to do uh, on that. Uh, you know, and. Uh, uh, just these little clips that I'm showing today, these are all things that, as far as I know, have not been totally addressed and fixed. Uh, and now we've got another one. So the pay, let me make sure I've got this right, Jay. Uh, I'm one, say I'm one of 100,000 in a year that get disability uh, pay approved. Uh, so each one of those 100,000, one month of that pay never gets into my pocket into their pockets. Where does that money go? Have you found that out yet? What happens to that I, money? That's a lot of money. I don't know the answer to that, but I can tell you that the VA does plan um, for 100% pretty much for everybody. So they've got to have a budget somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody's got to have um, the budgeting uh, process outlined to where when they've got to know how many people are going to retire in a year. I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that. And and more or less what I wanted to bring to light with this whole discussion was to put pressure on a congressman to take this up. Because really that's what that's the only way that's gonna change this is somebody's just gotta jump on this 38 uh, US code and get it fixed. And that it's really yeah. that easy. So it's it's just a rag rewrite. It's all it is. <laughs> yeah, well, the money's going somewhere uh, and it's a lot of money because uh, you know the VA always asks for more money, just like DOD does. You know, whether we think it's necessary or not, they always ask for an increase in pay. Well, we've got to take one more commercial break. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk about uh, trust. Uh, can we trust the VA? 
uh, in our opening clip there, we'll tell you what I think about it. So I'm Rob Manus here on the Red Voice Media Network, where we bring you the facts and the truth. And it's Whistleblower Wednesday. We'll be right back. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. Department of Veterans Affairs is facing another growing scandal this morning after the crisis at its hospitals. The agency is now accused of covering up a backlog of disability payments to veterans. Wyatt Andrews is in Washington, where VA officials face scrutiny. Wyatt, good morning. Good morning. The VA scandal that was exposed earlier this year involved fake reports of how long veterans waited for health care. But last night, Congress heard testimony from a whistleblower who says false wait times on handling disability claims are also being reported. They were instructing us to change the dates of claims on any claims, regardless of the circumstances, if they were older than a certain date. Kristen Rule handles compensation claims at the VA's regional office in Philadelphia. Appearing before the House Veterans Affairs Committee, Rule told lawmakers that for the last year, wait times for disability claims have been changed to appear as if brand new, even though veterans were waiting for years. I believe things are getting worse. Rule's testimony led the chairman of the committee, Republican Congressman Jeff Miller to question if the VA's claim of a 55% reduction in the disability backlog can be trusted. It has been made clear that there is not a corner of VBA leadership that will not cut, nor a statistic that they will not manipulate to lay claim to a hollow victory. I know that you don't trust what we're saying. The head of the VA's benefits division, Allison Hickey, said her office is investigating charges of false reporting, but she strongly denied the VA has been deceiving the committee. I want every veteran in this country and all of you to believe us when we say we're making good decisions, not because of us, but because we care so much about those veterans. When the VA's inspector general visited Philadelphia last month, inspectors found a room full of claims-related mail from veterans up to three years old and still containing documents not scanned into the system. The VA has promised veterans immediate action. Welcome back to the Rob Manus Show. We're talking with uh, retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Jackie Frederick uh, today, who has uh, uncovered this pay issue uh, where apparently all of us that are disabled veterans 
are missing one month's pay, the first one. Uh, uh, one question before I dive into the trust thing, though, is have they told you that, hey, when you die, you'll get that month's pay or your your descendants <laughs> will get that month's pay? Because usually if you're being paid in arrears by a corporation, after you leave the corporation, you, you know, that, that pay follows you uh, eventually. Uh, no, it'll be, it'll probably be prorated. <laughs> <laughs> you're exactly right. It will be prorated, and if and if you're and if you're you know the people that are alive after you die don't tell them fast enough, they'll keep paying them, and then they'll come back for that pay with interest uh, and hound them until they die if they don't get it right away. <laughs> so I actually have a little bit to off your clip that you just played um, mm -hmm. about the trip with the VA. So my husband actually, when he was medically retired, went to work for the VA as a veteran service rep, where his job was to look through everybody's medical records and help with the disability percentages to where he would find supporting documents behind the locations and such. He literally was told that he was doing too much and he was making all of the other workers look bad. No kidding. He had so many widgets he had to meet a day, which was like five widgets is what they were called. Um, and he was up with 30 widgets because he he was a retired captain. He knew how to do things quickly. He knew how to get answers. And literally, they told him, you need to slow down because you're making everybody else look bad. So what he started doing was he didn't slow down. He just went around everybody. Hey, how many widgets do you have today? And handed off the extra ones he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, That's really sad because a lot of VA employees are, are retired military people or former military or veterans themselves. Uh, hold, don't exceed this threshold. Don't. You're moving too fast. Yeah, and uh, you know uh, when you when you listen to uh, uh, the uh, the senior leader, the lady in that clip, you know her, the arrogance and the hubris uh, it, it is a big part of the problem in in government at all levels, government employees at all levels, but it's an especially huge part of the problem with the VA because they all say, we're doing God's work. How dare you question us? We're taking mm -hmm. care of veterans. But it's the veterans and their families themselves that are having to ask the questions because of the because of this tragic scenario that we live out every day of our lives, uh, that it's like pulling teeth to get the benefits and, and the, uh, uh, yeah, the benefits that we've earned Oftentimes, through the death of the veteran, the dis disability of the veteran, where they've lost limbs, the disability of the veteran, where our minds have been damaged so much that we can't work, uh, you know, and those kind of things, and and we're having to hire lawyers, uh, find veteran service officers, get spouses involved. You guys have taken care of each other, uh, you know, uh, and then you listen to, uh, you listen to what people like that lady and she, she was basically saying, how dare you? I want every veteran to know and their families, we're, we're not gonna lie to you. Well, she was addressing questions from the lies of those disability packages that were being delayed and then being lied about being delayed, uh, quite frankly. And, and at the first clip, uh, what uh, Congressman Luttrell was talking about was 56,000 cases of lies at one time at the errors, I think it was at the Phoenix VA, that led to deaths. Uh, people died waiting 
uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's just, it's incredible uh, that uh, some of these folks don't have enough intellectual capability to do a little introspection before they, especially before they get in public. Uh, but luckily they don't, and we can see where the problem is. And that's where the problem really is, because you're just going to have to deal with it. That's the way we've always done it. You know, uh, and, uh, I chuckle when I say that because I've received that too. Uh, and uh, and we, we have to chuckle about it or, or we'll go nuts, you know. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your husband. I'm glad you brought him up, uh, and that's a great story because it just confirms what, I, what we've been talking about this whole show, Jackie, uh, and I really do deeply appreciate you going public with this because uh, we have to have people that have these experiences go public and make it personal. We have to make it personal so these Congress people will actually do something uh, to fix it, you know, uh, even if it has to be done every day. Uh, we have to make this personal. Uh, so you mentioned your husband was vaccine injured, and I can't leave the show without giving you an opportunity to talk about that if you if you are, are okay doing it, because I've done a lot of vaccine mandate uh, shows with guests all the way from cadets that have been kicked out of the Coast Guard Academy uh, to battalion commanders that were relieved of command and, for, and, and retired at 19 years or left the military at 19 years uh, and those kind of things. Uh, uh, and uh, it really bothers me greatly that we have vaccine injured, especially military members and veterans out there that suffer but seem to get ignored because of the no, policy. Absolutely. So I can, um, I'll try to keep it fast because there's a lot of information behind it. But um, my husband has multiple sclerosis. He was diagnosed in 2000, 2007 with it right before we got married. Um, and what, what that is, is delamination of the myelin sheath. Myelin sheath is made up of, it's, it's fat. It's fat that surrounds right. your nerves. So when that fat is broken down, you literally have shocks that happen throughout your body, numbness, tingling, all sorts of issues with sleeping. Um, you know, cognitive abilities, muscular abilities, all sorts of things, right? So it just depends on where that delamination, that lesion lies, right? right. So when my husband went through um, basic or officer training school at Maxwell, um, and you do the rite of passage where you get all caught up on your shot, right? right. So they catch you up, upwards of 13 shots all at once. Those 13 shots have in them with a whole host of awful things. But the biggest thing that's the problem is polysorbate 80. It's an emulsifier. It's in your salad dressings, your whipped creams, your, your mm -hmm. lotions. It's in vaccines. And the purpose is to break down the fat surrounding your cells so that way it can penetrate better. Um, it's also meant to keep the, the vial mixed. All right. Yeah. So that polysorbate, when you have it in such large quantities uh, all at once, um, it can it can cause a breakdown over time. It's not something that happens quickly, but your blood brain barrier is fat. Your gut barrier is fat. Those barriers are broken down when you have a high amount of polysorbate that's inserted. Never mind the aluminum and the formaldehyde and the other things that are associated with vaccines. But but those items now have a free pathway to your brain. And so when they have that free pathway, they can affect that myelin sheath, that fat around your nerve endings. And so that's what that's what MS is is its delamination of that myelin sheath. So that manifested itself um, about five years after, six years after he went and through that line. So that's typical for most people to develop issues to like the anthrax vaccine as well, mm -hmm. of which me, I'm actually, I've had nine miscarriages 
Um, and I right. attribute those to the anthrax vaccine myself. So, um, and I've got many stories of friends and coworkers that have had alopecia, you know, massive autoimmune. ALS is like 2% higher in the military. Um, and I read some time ago that autoimmune in the military is upwards of 30% higher than the civilian populace. So it's it's definitely a factor for us. We are the most vaccinated adult population on the earth is the military. Yeah. And so, you yeah. know. And our kids have a higher rate of autism uh, too uh, than, uh, than the average population. Uh, and uh, I've noticed that my youngest son was born with it and he's number five. Uh, the other kids had no problem with it. So. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's devastating. Well, thank you for telling that story. Thank you for telling us this story and being willing to put this out there, folks. Uh, call your congressman today. Call him and leave a message tonight. Write him an email tonight. Uh, call him every day and tell him they've got to look closer at the VA. Come back and send them a copy of this uh, show when it gets published on the websites uh, and we put it out. And uh, keep on them because this is important. Any last Absolutely. 20 seconds left, Jackie, go ahead. There are veterans out on the street that if they had this one month's paycheck, it would mean all the world. That's all I got to say, and there's a lot of them out there. Exactly right. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you, and I appreciate your, you and your husband's service, and God bless you. Yes, sir, you too. Thank you. Thank you. Well, folks, uh, it's very important. Contact your congressman and do it every day uh, because uh, it's got to be fixed. We can't continue to put our veterans and their families through these horrendous processes that have very bad outcomes, including death, that shouldn't be occurring. Well, tomorrow is Truth Thursday. We'll have a special guest. I'm not gonna tell you who it is, but we're also gonna do a open mic simulcast on spaces. I've gotta give it a shot. Uh, I've managed to be able to get the tech. Uh, so we're gonna give it a shot, and Shell and uh, uh, Cat the Hammer will host it for us. So I'll see you tomorrow on Truth Thursday, and Tucker's still laughing. <laughs>